Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. We're so glad you joined us again this week. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to people and the ministries of MMBC. Sitting here at the table with me, I've got two people that are part of the ministries here at MMBC. It's Scott Slater, Dave Arnold. I'm Spencer Snow. Pastor Tim is gone this week on vacation. Um, Apparently, we've seen a picture of him drinking coffee, right? It's true. It's true. So our our little boy's growing up, isn't he? (laughs) Yeah. He's he's growing up. It's so nice. I don't know how much sugar was in it, but... (laughs) How yeah. much vanilla was it? Vanilla, yeah. French vanilla. How much French vanilla did he have in that yeah. cup? I know. So it's progress, though. I would have been more proud if he was at a Starbucks. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely something to. It's matter for prayer. Mm-hmm. I think uh, definitely. So, um, but sanctification is a process, as we're going to talk about today, and and that's the same thing for Pastor Tim mm-hmm. right now. It's coffee drinking, and similarly here, this is all. It's all a process. Mm-hmm. Um. So we have been walking through the Baptist faith and message. Uh, we talked last week about what the Baptist faith and message method message teaches us about uh, mankind. This week we're going to talk about um, what it teaches us about salvation. What does this redemption look like that is given to us in Jesus Christ? Um, so. We, uh, we open up here, it's going to, today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about salvation broadly because there's an opening paragraph for the Baptist faith and message. And if you, we'd encourage you to read this for yourself. It's not a hard read. Um, the Baptist faith and message is uh, really a, a pretty readable document. You can find it online. And um, so we'll read the opening little paragraph there about salvation, but then it goes into a few different terms, specifically regeneration justification, sanctification, and glorification. We'll talk about each of those aspects of salvation. So it opens up this way. Salvation involves the redemption of the whole man and is offered freely to all who accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who by his own blood obtained eternal redemption for the believer. In its broadest sense, salvation includes regeneration, justification, sanctification, and glorification. There is no salvation apart from personal faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. The first question I have is, does anybody else notice that they spelled the word Savior with a U, the British way? Hmm. Scott, is that the way it is in your handbook over there? Do you have that? I printed, I copied this from the website. I'm just yeah, interested. S-A-V-I-O-U-R. Yeah, let me see. This is a very important topic. Um, they do. <laughs> They do in the in the uh, official manual from Lifeway. Really <laughs> I mean, this manual. is this is approved by Al Mohler, so I think um, it's kind of interesting. I know it's a small detail, but it's important. It's important. We, we're not. It's, it's, it's important. Well, Baptists do come from England. The English Baptists. Yes, You're correct. So, I mean, so hey, they're following the. Tradition. Is that what this is? <laughs> I did. Uh, you know, one of the questions I do have, honestly, though, is maybe that was in there from past editions. It's the same way. Same way. Hmm. Maybe that's the way it was in the twenty-five edition. Maybe, yeah, yeah. And cool. who who would have known? Yeah, I mean, there you go. That's a very important matter. Um, I feel like we've been duped. 
<laughs> you should bring that up at the next SBC you go to and say, could we Brother change? Moderator. Brother Moderator, I have a problem. We need to American. Point of order. <laughs> Do you remember the Boston Tea Party? Folks? We're we not did? British anymore. No. Anyway. I actually like it whenever people put the U in there, like color, yeah. or savior. Or, I don't. I, I kind of like it. So. <laughs> it's um, confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> um, so... We talk about salvation at the very beginning, um, what it is. And right away, we see the term salvation, and you'll see this. Sometimes uh, it can be used in a stricter sense, and whenever people are saying uh, salvation, they might be more focusing especially upon um, their justification, their acceptance with God or the new birth. And other times, in its uh, other sense, it's a very broad term. And we're talking about the whole gamut of salvation from the time you first believe all the way to uh, your glorification in eternity. So it just depends on how you're using that term. Here, um, the the Baptist faith and message says that salvation in its broadest sense includes regeneration, justification, sanctification, um, and glorification. So the first thing, though, it tells us is that salvation involves the redemption of the whole man. Of the whole man. So it's a comprehensive salvation. So it's not simply the salvation of the soul and not the salvation of the body, right? Um, Because we believe in a resurrection from the dead. So our souls and our bodies. It doesn't simply involve one aspect of us. It involves the whole part, the whole man um, that needs to be uh, redeemed. How is that encouraging for us and um, such? Because are there, are there, Sometimes do people get the idea that salvation just deals with one little part of me and doesn't deal with the whole person of who I am, the whole, all that makes me a human being. And why is it important to, to reaffirm um, the salvation of the whole man? Do you have a partial answer <laughs> to this? Well, I, mean, I think it goes back to our last podcast you know the doctrine of man and that we are created as his image bearers and we've been given a body god you know took the the dust of the earth and formed mm-hmm. man and and so it's not like you know oh, okay and then sin came in the world and the bodies are no longer really that great right. you know right. let's just focus on the spirit you know i mean yeah and paul even says that in romans 8 you know that the redemption the old language is to wit you know and in, in other words you know the adoption of of the sons of god redemption redemption to wit meaning that we are going to be fully redeemed not only spiritually right now through Christ, through justification by faith, but one day our bodies will be fully redemptive yeah. in the sense of resurrected brand yeah. new. Yeah. Salvation involves the whole man, but it's offered freely to all who believe. It, that's emphasized as well, right? It's a free gift. It's um, There's no prior conditions that you have to meet. The only condition is that you have to be a sinner. <laughs> that you have to need it. Well, that includes everybody, yeah. but Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus says, I did not come for the right for the well, but for those who are sick. And by that, he wasn't, he was everybody's sick. Even, some people don't realize they're sick, but everyone is sick. And so everyone has a right um, to come to Christ because every, it, it pertains to everybody. Um, and uh, we were trying to, sometimes we have to convince people, like some people go to a doctor and they don't realize that they've got a bad problem. And maybe the doctor's first challenge is to try to convince them, no, you have this problem before I can give you the cure that you need. Mm -hmm. Um, Salvation is also only found in Christ crucified. 
received through faith, through his blood and what he did. Um, so there are no alternative ways of salvation, right? There is no other name given uh, from heaven, given among men, whereby we, we must be saved. And it encompasses all of these various facets, regeneration, justification, sanctification, glorification. It, it encompasses all of, of these aspects of this work of redemption um, that we're going to talk about um, uh, now, so before we move on to the first topic, regeneration, any thoughts about the free offer of the gospel or the fact that it's found only in Christ? Um, Scott, you're reading you're reading a lot over there. What are, what are you gleaning? What are you gleaning? I'm reading what you wrote. Okay, yeah, you, what you copied? Yeah, what I copied and pasted. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think our young people are starting to understand sinfulness because I hear them say the word "sick" a lot. You just refer mm. to. You're like, that's so sick, man. Mm. No. <laughs> right? They are. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I hear that a lot. And Half I'm the like, time, I don't know what our youth are talking yeah. about. I'm like, <laughs> Do they understand the sickness of our soul? Wow, that's pretty good. No, yeah. they're saying that in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel, you know, I've just kind of come to grips that I I, I was never cool. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I used to be cool. I don't, I don't cool think anymore. I'm like, man, you know, I'm just one of those guys now, you know, yeah, so. I know. You know anyway. those like white New Balance shoes that dads wear? <laughs> they have a crock that looks like that now for oh. dads for summertime. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we could get yeah. those. I feel like we need to get those for camp. Like all of us can wear those at camp. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we should. Yeah, well, or I found some Dragon Ball Z flip flops at Walmart. Oh my there you go. See, so you're cool. You're cool. <laughs> you're totally cool. Yeah, you're in, man. that's wow. Yeah, you know the Dragon Ball Z stuff is. Uh, that's sick, dude. That's sick, dude. Tim is gonna be so disappointed that we're talking about this. <laughs> I was gone. Yeah. Okay. So I just derailed us. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, you're but. good. You're good. So regeneration is the first thing that's brought up here about. Um, Mankind's salvation, regeneration, which is also uh, uh, the idea of the new birth, right, um, is a work of God's grace. So right away we're told regeneration, this whole thing by which we are made new creatures, we are born again, we are regenerated, we are brought back to life before we were dead. It emphasizes that it's a work of God's grace. Why is that important to emphasize the fact that it's a work of God's grace um, and not our work that causes us to be born again? Uh, well, let me go down to all these things that I'm reading right now. Okay, go for it, Scott. But, uh, something that uh, Dave D. Clavon, who is my New Testament professor at Boyce College, uh, he wrote, he said, we first encounter the phrase born again in Jesus's conversation with Nicodemus in John 3. This phrase is so very descriptive of the work done in us in salvation. As we had no part in imparting life to ourselves at the time of our physical birth, likewise we have no part in imparting spiritual life to ourselves at the time of our new birth. I just thought that was really helpful to yeah. understand it in that way of that that in regeneration it's it's God working in us. Mm-hmm. You know, we said in our last podcast that we did that uh, the solution to man's problem cannot be found in man. You know, we have nothing to offer ourselves. We can't muster up enough willpower uh, to change ourselves because something is wrong with our very nature. 
right? Correct. If we if you're working out of this willpower, well, there's something wrong with your willpower yeah. itself, and so the solution has to be outside of us. Well, that's that's regeneration. Mm-hmm. That's that's God breaking in mm-hmm. to regenerate to make us anew into a new creation, like Scripture talks about. Mm-hmm. And so, just like in Genesis chapter one, where the Holy Spirit is, uh, we're in verse two, right? He's brooding over the waters. And so creation is associated with the Holy Spirit's work. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the new creation that begins in our hearts and right where we are remade is the work of, of, of the triune God, but especially there's the emphasis upon the work of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who comes to make us alive, to make us a new creation in Jesus Christ so that um, where before we were, we were well, we were like... Um, we were like a, a Lazarus. We were once dead, but now we're made alive. We're like that blind man in John where once we couldn't see, but now we can see mm-hmm. um, where we're given the, the living the living water. We're made alive. Um, Jesus told, his, um, told the people who followed him, right? If uh, you eat of this bread, you're going to die. But if you eat of the bread that I'm going to give you, you know, and so he he's talking about himself, and the Holy Spirit comes and brings those things to us to make us alive again. Yeah, famous passage, Ephesians two, verse one, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins, and he goes on and on, but you get down to verse four. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, yeah, a, a regeneration, you know, mm-hmm. bringing back to life of what was dead. Yeah. Correct. Just the illustration of being dead in sin, but alive in Christ. Right, yeah. right. And I was thinking of Ephesians 2, actually, uh, same thing, but uh, down in, in uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 8, well-known verse, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. It's salvation redemption is completely god's doing so that we can't be like look what i did mm-hmm. i've right raised i've you know I've, I've rose to the top i've i've uh, i've arrived i've progressed and i'm now mm-hmm. this elite person because I've, yeah. I've i've figured it out nope right god did this and paul knocks all the crutches away and says you know mm-hmm. what it's his doing so you don't boast because right. we would naturally boast, right? Right. We would naturally just be and, like... And, and you, Dave, just did an awesome segue into the part underneath here as well, the faith idea, mm. that it's through faith yeah. and repentance. What is faith? Um, how would you define faith? It's a gift of God. You know, it's not something that we have as a spark within us that says, ooh, I've got this little faith in me, you know, and God recognizes that and says, okay, now I'm, I can work with mm-hmm. that. It's a gift of God. It's something and what did, that we can't earn or marry. Yeah. What does faith do? I mean, what is what does it mean if I say I believe I have faith in this or that? What is that? I mean, ultimately it activates, if you will, that responsiveness that we recognize our neediness, you know, as sinners. We recognize that blessed are the you know, are are the are the um um poor in spirit, mm-hmm. for theirs is the kingdom of God, that we realize that we're in ourselves. Mm depraved Mm -hmm. and poor in spirit but the faith is what like abraham you know when he believed Mm -hmm. god at his word it activated it propelled him into that communion with god so it's it's trusting yeah it's trusting yeah a confidence a steadfast assurance um that god's promises in christ are to me yes yeah i'm resting 
and receiving Jesus Christ as he is freely offered to me in the gospel, right? I'm uh, Abraham. I love the example. Paul does a really good job, I think, in Romans 4 of describing faith to Paul us. Paul always does a good job. In it's amazing, he? isn't he? I yes. mean, it's almost like... It's like he was inspired by the I Holy know. Spirit. He's just... <laughs> so he goes, Hello. he says, Abraham believed God was able to do what he had promised. Yes. And that's what... And Paul says, just like Abraham, that's what we do. We believe that God has done and is doing for us. So we own the promise as being offered to us, and we have a right to take this promise and rest on it ourselves, that what he has done is for us, and we're receiving it as a free gift. Mm -hmm. And Paul makes a clear distinction in Romans chapter 4 between working and earning something yes, and right. receiving a gift. It's like Romans 4, 4, and, yeah. 4, and 5. Um, a major contrast, Luther um, says the, the, he says the core of theology is this, a distinction between what he calls active righteousness and passive righteousness. Mm-hmm. Active righteousness is everything that I do, whether obeying law, obeying civil government, trying to be a good parent, everything I actively do in order to try to meet God's standard. And he says that um, obviously none of us can ever meet God's standard ultimately, Passive righteousness is not that what I do, but it's what is given to me. Mm. I passively receive. And that's the righteousness we receive in justification yeah. and the work that is done for us, uh, that, that, that faith that is given to us in regeneration mm-hmm. to simply receive Christ Jesus and all his benefits. Mm-hmm. Now, we do bear fruit, as we will talk about eventually with sanctification, the Holy Spirit is like is often talked about in the Old Testament and in the New as water that falls upon dry ground. Mm-hmm. But then that dry ground, because of the water that it receives, bursts forth with life and bears mm-hmm. fruit. Um, so yeah. it's not simply yeah. that we're just receiving water, the receiving the Holy Spirit, and nothing happens to us. We do bear fruit, but it's always because of the first of all passive reception of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that we then bear fruit. Mm. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but that's what happens. So we have faith, trusting and receiving in Jesus Christ, but also repentance. Mm. What is, what is Scott, what is repentance? If someone was to ask you, what does it mean to repent? I mean, repenting, repentance is a turning away from sin. It's having genuine sorrow Mm -hmm. over your sin. And it's a, uh, I read it somewhere, but it's, it's, it's a change of mind that also Mm. leads to a change of action. I think he wrote that here. Yeah, he says, repentance involves more than just, this is Declavon again, involves more than just remorse or a feeling of guilt over getting caught in sin. Rather, it refers to a genuine sorrow for sin accompanied by a desire and commitment to leave it behind. Or, as is often stated, it is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. And um, one of the things that, that he's bringing out in this and a couple other things I have is that what we're highlighting regeneration leads to repentance and faith. You know, repentance and faith are natural consequences or natural fruits of being made into a new person. You can't repent from sin until your nature has been renewed uh, from sin, in a sense. But that's almost kind of like a natural consequence or a natural action of what a person with that's been made a new creature in Christ does. You know, they they will, they leave their sin behind. They go away. Right. That's repentance. So, so it's because we are born again that we believe and repent, right? It's, Otherwise, it's, we couldn't. It's not because yeah. we repent and believe that we are born again. The the cause that 
and the the cause is the new birth, and the effects of that are faith and repentance mm-hmm. in our lives. And it's so important, so important that we get that. Or some people might think, well, that you're just playing with words, but actually, that is a very important cause and effect for yes. you to get right in your mind that regeneration, this being born again is God's work that produces the faith and the repentance. And it's also important to remind ourselves, too, that faith and repentance um, are not virtuous in themselves. Mm. Sometimes I think we get the idea that faith is some kind of, some virtuous or meritorious work that I need to then muster up. And sometimes this even happens in traditions like ours where we emphasize that salvation is all by faith. And so we get, sometimes people think about faith becoming a new law Mm -hmm. and I've got to muster up this trust and confidence in God. But actually, I was reading one old writer, I think it was Horatius Bonar, Mm -hmm. who was an old Scottish Presbyterian from like the 1800s. And one of the things he said is, if you're trying to work up faith, you completely misunderstand it. Yes. Yeah. So true. Faith does not try to stir up anything. Faith faith simply receives Jesus Christ as having done everything for us. Mm -hmm. And trusts him to work in me Mm -hmm. and to sanctify me. And faith then does bear fruit and faith does work in love after that. But it's so important that we not, um, but the, the danger is, is that we start see, instead of seeing faith as an instrument, as a means by which we receive Jesus Christ, we start thinking of it as a new requirement. Mm-hmm. I have to meet instead of all these other things I have to do to get saved. Faith becomes the one new law I have to do. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not what we're trying to teach. Faith is simply the empty hand that receives everything from God, mm-hmm. and repentance is um, is simply is is also is that that aspect of um, where we read and Paul talks about put off and put on, mm. and that's really in a sense what repentance is. It's the death us saying no, I don't because of Jesus Christ. Now I don't want to live as this dead man that I was. I want to put those things off and I want to put on the new things that, that God has given to me in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's, it's turning away from sin and coming back to God. So actually, and this is important too, sometimes the call to repentance can be phrased or thought of very darkly. Mm. And we think of repentance sometimes as a dark doctrine, but actually it should be phrased as it's a wonderful thing that God says, you can come back to me now. Mm-hmm. That's the way repentance should yeah. be preached Good. is, yeah, come back to me. Come back and experience life. Turn away from your sin and come back to me. So repentance is, is and actually the old writers, right, would distinguish. There's different kinds of repentance in the Bible, but there's only one way of repentance unto life, mm. which I think is, a, I, don't, I don't remember which uh, verse. I think that, that phrase is even used, repentance unto life. Um, so we're talking about repentance, uh, turning away from death. We're turning to yeah. life and goodness. And the God. image that comes to mind is of the prodigal son. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. It's like Same what, thing. The, the change of mind mm-hmm. that he had. Mm-hmm. Well, what was that change of mind? It was no longer am I going to pursue a privileged position of yeah. the son that is entitled to what is owed to me, and right. I get to go live however I want to live. Mm-hmm. It is now I, I'm not even worthy to be your servant. Yeah. But I'm yep. I'm coming back to you asking for your mm-hmm. grace. That's good. That's a that's a huge change of mind that led to a big change of action. Mm-hmm. And what did his father do? Come back to me, son. Right. Come on back. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's the same. That's the same. Yeah. Thing. And I think we can't mm-hmm. have we can't have a proper view of faith as you just said, Spencer, so well. Or 
repentance if we don't have a proper view of sin and humanity, right. going back right. to our last podcast. Right. Because I think people, if, if people don't understand, they don't see their depravity and their neediness as empty-handed bankrupt mm-hmm. in themselves, then faith is just going to be something that they say, oh, yeah, I just need to have more faith, and then that my life's going to get better. Right. Jesus, will, I'll, he'll be the, the genie in the bottle, and I'll just rub it the yeah. right way, and he'll grant me my wishes. Right. And then we see that within the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. We see that in our consumeristic day and age, where we need to start with, we are needy, mm-hmm. sinful, bankrupt people. And then faith is truly a gift. <laughs> Repentance yeah. is truly a gift. And we don't have to try to, you know, perform or like add it as an add-on to right. our lives, like an app like an app on our well, phone or something, you know. Well, and I think this is another thing. I know we got other things to talk about, but I think it's very important because the idea of faith, I think, is somewhat of a challenge for us to communicate to people in our time. Because you can go to certain stores or here on on TV or whatever, yeah. everyone's talking about, you need to believe this mm-hmm. or have faith in this. And I don't think they're understanding the biblical concept of faith and what's actually happening yeah. is people are importing unbiblical notions into these calls for faith. So people will say, you just need to believe. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. That doesn't, what does that mean? And instead um, and because sometimes what faith is is talked about is faith is is the willingness to take radical chances, mm-hmm. or faith is the um, is the willingness to do the thing that seems incomprehensible. You're doing crazy things. That's but that's not what faith is. Faith is confidence in God's promise to me in Jesus. Faith is right. obsessed with what's outside of me. Yes what's true already. Faith is not trying to put, create something potentially. Faith is resting in what has been done. And um, so there's a confidence, a steadfastness. We talked about um, yesterday in the sermon um, about how um, the idea that God is a faithful God is from the same root as the word for amen. Mm-hmm. It's this steadfastness, this certainty. I just rest on the rock mm-hmm. and I let him do the work. And, um, anyway, but, but yeah, so that's regeneration, but justification is the next set next thing. So we talk about justification, God's gracious and full acquittal of sinners. So here we're kind of in the realm of the court of law, right? This is the, the image of salvation here is we all come before the judge of all the earth. We are found lacking. We have not met the standards and conformed to God's revealed will. And we have failed. But now when Christ comes, he meets the standard of the law in our place so that we are the law. We have conformed to all of the requirements and all of the obligations we have to the law. And therefore, we are declared righteous in God's sight. So God can legally say that we are accepted in his sight because we have met the standards of the law, not by ourselves, but because somebody met them for us. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, This obviously was the doctrine that Martin Luther and the Protestants, which we Baptist are Protestants, we have believed that this is um, such an important truth that really if you forget this truth that we are accepted by God through faith in Jesus Christ alone, if you you lose this truth, then you lose the whole gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, because there are people that will say, well, you're, 
you're only accepted with God insofar as your life is perfectly conformed yourself. So the more you obey, the more you're accepted with God, the less you obey, the less you're accepted with mm-hmm. God. So you go up and down on this on this yo-yo all the time. But justification says, no, you're accepted because of what Jesus has already done for us. And it brings us into a relationship of peace and favor with God. Um and 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 such like that. Anything you want to say about justification, um, or the, its importance for us in our church and in our Christian lives? I mean, an essential part of an understanding of justi- justification is that it is an exercise of God's righteousness and God's justice. Mm-hmm. What what must a just God do to sin? How does He solve that problem? Mm-hmm. Because it is entirely unrighteous for God to allow sin to go unpunished. He must punish it. Right. And so the question is, how are we as sinners against God ever to come into a place of fellowship with a totally righteous God again? There is a, there's an unspannable gulf between right. mankind and God. And the work of justification of that, like uh, this almost a courtroom, mm-hmm. how our sin is taken care of, our crimes against our Creator mm-hmm. are taken care of. That's what's at the heart of justification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and the Greek word dikaio, which is uh, real, literally, I mean, Paul. Paul was a great, um, you know, wordsmith, if you will. Took that right out of the context. It, it's a ju- it's a legal term. It means to. De- it's a verb. It's to declare someone not guilty. It's mm. a declarative word, and that's going back to the faith element. That's what happens when we put our faith in the person of Jesus Christ, we, mm-hmm. we, we rely upon him, we stand on, alone in him and not in ourselves, then we are dikaio, we are justified. He declares us as justified, no longer guilty, as you said, Scott, mm. of the crimes against his creation, mm-hmm. his image bearers. We are now clear and free. Mm-hmm. One act, a one swoop, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> clear and free, uh, justified in his image, made right. Because Jesus Christ was declared justified yes. in his resurrection, and his righteousness was his own inherent mm-hmm. righteousness that he wrought in his life and death. We are justified by believing in him as the justified one. The difference is is his justification is not we don't we, it's not inherent in us but it is we would say imputed, imputed. credited counted to us it's like a ledger yeah. account right so god looks at us in the book and in his accounts and, and credits that righteousness of jesus his justification becomes our justification yes. it's imputed yeah. to us yeah. and so i think again that's important to anchor our justification Mm-hmm. in Christ's mm-hmm. justification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we look to. I would just say, too, this is another area where, again, if people listen to this thinking, it's like, why are they going so in-depth into this? Why does this matter? You know, several several months ago, we I don't know how many several months ago, but several months ago we did the, the series on progressive Christianity. Mm-hmm. And in progressive Christianity, justification is a doctrine that is completely thrown out at least this understanding of what justification is. And I don't think we're going to get into talking about the nature of the atonement and how things like that work out. But like they throw that out mm. because it, in their eyes to a progressive Christian, it makes God look vindictive. Mm-hmm. It makes him look mean. They call him a cosmic child abuser. 
because he killed his own son in that sense, wow. or like he made his own son die. And that's, that's just child abuse. A, a loving God would never do that. Hmm. And so what they do is they completely throw out the, the need for God to be just hmm. and righteous and holy. And that's why we have to highlight those things and see in scripture that those things are there because that's how people throw out the, the doctrine of justification in, in a more progressive kind mm-hmm. of new age Christianity. Mm. Yeah. It's under attack. It mm-hmm. is. Even if they're not using the words. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, you know, Paul so masterfully picked up on this because of the Jewish audience in his context, writing in his letter to the Romans, because they were basically saying, well, we're justified because of Abraham. Mm. We're circumcised. Mm-hmm. We're good to go. And, of course, Luther picked that up in his context with, right. with the Roman Catholic Church, you know. And Paul makes it clear, hey, Abraham was not justified because he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. He believed by faith, and it says that God accredited to him as mm. Righteous, mm-hmm. he put it into his bank account, if you will, and, and and that and that was Paul's way of saying, you know, to the to the Jews, hey, listen, mm. you can't stand on your own two feet. This is there's no tradition here. There's, this is all about Christ. Mm-hmm. You are children of Abraham based on your de- God's declarative statement of of justification mm-hmm. through faith, right. and not by your circumcision. And of course, Luther picked that up with the Catholic Church and said, hey, listen, guys, yeah, <laughs> hello, nothing we do, <laughs> right, yeah makes us right in God's sight. It's simply free, free passive gift. Mm-hmm. Um, after we're justified, though, automatically as well, we have the, the sanctification, which is, again, another work of God, um, the Holy Spirit in our lives. So um, we are set apart, in a sense, positionally. So every believer is a saint. Every believer is a saint, a holy one. But then we, we progress gradually throughout our whole life, um, whereby we, we repent every day, we put to death the old man, we put on the new things in Christ, and we are gradually growing in maturity. Um, we grow in him, and we stand in him um, throughout our whole lives. Um, and this never stops. We go up and down, definitely. We have times where we you know, Christians are capable of the worst possible sins. Um, we see that in the old and the new testaments. But one of the things that God in his grace always does is brings us back to repentance and faith after even, even those, those very bad falls that we, we don't want to encourage people. We do. It's like, um, uh, John writes in first uh, John chapter two, I write these things so that you won't sin, but if you do, mm-hmm. we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Yeah. So, um, but sanctification, um, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes it can be pretty tough work, a pretty difficult experience. Uh, It definitely does feel like a refining fire, doesn't it, Mm. Um, uh, in our lives. But it is God's good and and gracious work gradually um, in in our lives. And God uses a number of means in our lives, the the fellowship of the church, the preaching of the word, Bible reading, prayer, um, providence in all of our lives. He's using all of that. All things work together uh, for good for believers, for those who are are called. Um, The last part uh, is glorification. So we've got regeneration, justification, sanctification, and glorification. The Baptist faith, the message has a one sentence summary of glorification. It is the culmination of salvation and is the final blessed and abiding state of the redeemed. So, Glorification is the the final thing that we 
that we experience uh, after our death and our resurrection. We enter into this glorified, wonderful state um, with, with God. Now, let me ask you this question real quick here. Is it possible for somebody to be regenerated but then not be justified? Or is it possible for you to partake of one of these things without partaking of the whole of them? Um, is it possible for you to be justified but not be sanctified? Is it possible for you to be sanctified but never actually make it to glorification? No. Okay, why not? Because of Romans chapter 8, verse 30. <laughs> It says, and those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. Mm. It's just seen as like one big act mm-hmm. uh, that's happening there. Yeah. It's a it's a promise, uh, in a sense, uh, to look and yeah. see that God is committed to the whole work of mm. salvation, not just the first part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mm. the one that carried. I mean, we were we were walking through all of those. I mean, many of those obviously include our our working you know god enabling us to to do certain things but god is there every step of the way mm-hmm. every part of that process from regeneration justification but even in sanctification god continuing to work in our lives and mm-hmm. glorification as well mm-hmm. so uh no it, it's all it's all part of one yeah. package of salvation mm-hmm. so to speak you get the whole enchilada yeah the whole enchilada yeah, yeah. And, if you like enchiladas yeah and, and and the sanctification part can wane as you said you know like i think samuel samuel rutherford said it very well the scottish puritan he said you know i'm not going to die in the doctrine of sanctif- in my sanctification, but rather in justification. Mm. I'm justified. Mm. It's not based on my sanctification. Although that is the fruit or the result of being justified is that we do grow or we should grow yeah. in sanctification. Yeah. But I thought Samuel Rutherford, because I think sometimes mm. Christians get confused, like, oh, I have to reach this level. I have to be like this. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm good to go. Nope. You're justified. We're going to die in that state. Yeah. But we should be growing in sanctification. Yeah. So very good. Good old Rutherford. Yeah. yeah. I think another verse that we could think of is uh, in Philippians chapter one, verse six, and says, And I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will yes. bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Of well, what is the day of Jesus Christ? That's yeah. the last mm-hmm. day, the final day. Yep. Right. Right. And so we just have an assurance that God who began a good work in you, he will mm-hmm. be the one to bring it to completion. Yeah. And that is really comforting because sometimes it's pictured as if, well, justification is God's work, but now you've got to do the work of sanctification. Well, God, we, we, we do need, we do have a responsibility in sanctification, but it's God's work as well. And uh, his work is primary even there. And it's comforting for people to realize that um, we can cast ourselves upon him all of these works um and uh that he he keeps us or there's that song he will hold me fast right he keeps us fast and holds us yes. safe um in his arms that that passage you read in uh romans chapter 8 scott i think um i think it was a uh, william perkins the father of puritanism but he called that the golden chain yeah the golden chain and he yeah. said if you can grab any of the links on the chain you you know if you grab any of the links you have part of the whole chain mm-hmm. so um and just reminding us again that they're all connected. Mm-hmm. You, uh, there, there's this solidity, this certainty um, that we have, and I think eventually um, <clears throat> we will get into. Pro- Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Baptist faith, the message does talk about the perseverance of the saints. Right later on, I think there's there a specific article about this, I believe, or maybe it's the next one on God's purpose of grace. 
actually. Uh, yeah, I think it will be in that one probably. Yeah, where we'll talk more about this doctrine of uh, of uh, perseverance. Yeah, the security of the believer. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that whole doctrine we will get in here, yeah. uh, get in next time. Yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, that's what we're trying to emphasize here is that God's good work He brings to completion, and so uh, we can trust Him to to do the whole work. Um, and, and he, it's, it's a wonderful privilege that he lets us come along for the ride, mm-hmm. um, to, uh, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, that's all I've got. You guys good. Okay. Well, thank you for, uh, listening to this. Um, next week we'll be talking about God's purpose, um, in grace. And I think then after that is the church. So we'll talk about the church, um, uh, as well. Uh, not next week, but the, the following week after that. So um, thank you for listening. Keep reading uh, The Baptist Faith and Message. If you are uh, following along, you know, you can find it. It's a very readable document. You can search that online and find it and um, and see what our church has, uh, has in our statement. <laughs> this is our statement of faith for our church um, and for the uh, denomination uh, that we are a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. So we hope it's encouraging to you and uh, informative and helps you in your Christian life. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless.